And I want to encourage you tonight, particularly you, Stuart, with that story that Billy read for us from Joshua chapter 1. Because the story opens with the death of Moses and then God's call to Joshua to lead his people. Joshua then, responding to that, challenges the people and then they respond to his leadership. I suppose in many ways the way we see things developing in the days ahead here. But as we dive into chapter 1, there's actually a spiritual crisis going on. Because Moses, the spiritual leader of the nation, was gone. And the questions were arising. Where do we go now? What do we do? Who's going to lead us? What's the next step? Truth is, God's chosen leader, the one who had led them for a number of years, had gone. But the amazing thing was that God and his promises were not. They needed to realize that God, his spirit, and his promises are not bound to a particular individual or to a particular period of time. As Paul reminds us in Corinthians, all God's promises are yes in Jesus Christ. And that's the confidence and the encouragement that we have and you have, Stuart, starting your ministry in Carmoney. But it's into that situation of doubt and fear and all sorts of things that were going on with the people of God that God actually speaks a word to Joshua and ultimately then to the people. Because he is very clear about what he says to his people. He says, or what he says to Joshua. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore... He doesn't say wait or take a bit of time to get yourself sorted out or just relax or, you know, take it easy. No, he says, now therefore arise, go and take the land I am giving to you as a gift. Not only that, but I am with you as you do it. Therefore, you can be strong and courageous as you step out in faith. Isn't God incredible the way in which he calls us to do things? Whenever we could easily sit back and easily make all kinds of excuses just like Moses did whenever he was called also to reasons why he couldn't do what God was asking him to do. Joshua, go, lead my people and lead them into the land that I'm giving you and be strong and courageous as you do it. As we come here this evening, we believe, and I'm talking about Carmoney, I'm talking about Kirk Session, I'm talking about Stuart, we believe that God has been all over this process. He is the one who has been orchestrating everything. He is the one who has led us to this point this evening. And so therefore we can rejoice in that fact. And I believe that God's words for Joshua are equally real for us and for you in this situation in Carmoney this evening. Lead this people. I am with you. Be strong and courageous. So I thought about that and I thought, well, how, how is he to be strong? 
How is he to be courageous? What, what way does that work out in his ministry? Or what way is that working out in his life? Well, I think if you look at verses 1 and 2 of Joshua 1, you will see that he is to be strong in the training which God has given him. This week saw the death of Mikhail Gorbachev. As I heard about that, I was saddened. It made me think back to the 80s, whenever I was a student, whenever I studied history to prepare to be a teacher. And boy, I loved Russian history. Maybe as much as any of the histories that I studied throughout my uh, university life. And especially in the context of Gorbachev's policies like Glasnost or Perestroika, whenever he was seeking to build up good relationships with, with the West. But that time for me was a time of training, a time of learning, a time of being taught so that I was being prepared for what God was going to do, for, do with me in the future. Eventually, the teaching then became ministry and went on then to, to Union College. But Joshua was Moses' assistant. And now he comes into a position of leadership amongst God's people. This was not a spur-of-the-moment decision. It was not a case of, well, now Moses is gone, we've got to make a quick appointment here. Ah, Joshua, you're the one. You see, God had chosen Joshua right from the very start. God had set him apart, just like he did with Jeremiah. If you remember in Jeremiah 1 verse 5, it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Gosh, that is incredible. The fact that God had done that for Joshua, or for, for Jeremiah, and that he set people apart for particular works of ministry and of all kinds of works, whether it's you in your situation, in your workplace or wherever, that God sets us apart for that. But Joshua's life up to this point had been a preparation for what God was going to do through him as he led the people. Because Joshua was from a family of believers in the house of Joseph. He had also experienced God at work in the nation, having been born in Egypt. And he uses that experience later in the book of Joshua to challenge the people to put away the gods that they had worshipped and served in Egypt and start to serve the living God. He experienced God at work. In Exodus 33, we're told of his desire to be in and stay in the presence of God in the tent where Moses met with God. He went with Moses up the mountain of God to again experience the presence of God. Joshua, as God was preparing him, was learning to see things the way that God saw them. What a training. Photography is all about seeing things in a new way, about getting a new angle on something, to see things the way the majority don't see things. In Numbers 14, verses 5 to 9, Joshua and Caleb spied out the land and then spoke to the people about it. 
The land which we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land for their bread for us. Their protection is removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Joshua was seeing things the way God saw it. The other spies didn't. They saw it the way people saw it. And it was a threat. It was difficult. There were problems. There were issues. But Joshua saw what God saw. So he was up for moving, up for going. And Joshua had also been used to defeat the Amalekites while Moses stood at the top of the hill holding up the staff of God in his hand. But here's a man being trained by God, growing in faith, being prepared to lead the people of God. These experiences and the exercise of his faith previously would be the way in which God would teach him and train him to lead the people now. God had prepared him and now he was going to continue to use him. Stuart, God has been preparing you and I'm sure you know that better than I do. For this period of your life and your ministry, through your teaching experience, through your assistantship in Abbott's Cross and your ministry in Waringstown. As we look back on our lives and as we were singing, the musicians were encouraging us to sing, all my life I've seen and known the faithfulness of God. And this is the reality of this, to see the goodness and faithfulness of God how he has walked with us and worked with us, how he has led us and how he has taught us, how he has comforted us and how he has disciplined us. We don't always get it. We don't always know what he's doing at first. But as we think about our lives and as we think back, we know that we have experienced the faithfulness and the goodness of God and especially through those tough times. Those are the times perhaps whenever we feel and know the grace of God most as he teaches us and trains us. You can be strong because God has been working in your life and has brought you to this point. But then Joshua is also told to be strong in the promises that God has given him. A promise in, in truth is only as strong as the promise maker. But as God walked with Joshua in the past, so he is going now to support and envision him to carry out the work that he has asked him to do. God is telling Joshua to get ready to cross the Jordan into the land that he will give to him. And he gives him three promises that are consistent with what God has already said. The first one, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you just as I have promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. The promise of land. But he also gives them a promise of victory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. And then the promise of his presence. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Do you know, 
I'm sure that every single one of those promises would have come to Joshua at some point during those 24 chapters that we read about. To bring him encouragement, to sustain him, to give him confidence. These would have been the spark for faithfulness, especially whenever he was tempted to see things with human eyes. Just like Habakkuk. Whenever it didn't matter what was going on around him, he says, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to take joy in the God of my salvation. Because all the promises in Jesus Christ are yes. Stuart, I know how you and Caroline have sensed God leading you in recent events and some of the things that he has said to you. Carmelie Kirk's session, as well as congregation, also have that sense of leading too in, the, in God's Holy Spirit. We do believe that God has been orchestrating things that have been happening up to this evening. And that's our confidence. Hold on to those promises that God has given you. Allow his assurances to motivate you and sustain you in your ministry. Like Moses, we all always want to know the presence of God is with us because unless he goes with us, there is no point in going anywhere. On Sunday last, we were looking in Carmoney at, at the changeover from Elijah to Elisha. And it really struck me whenever in, first, in 2 Kings 2, chapter 2, whenever Elisha takes up the cloak that Elijah has fired down or has fallen off him actually. He takes it up as if he's taking on the call of God. And as he gathers it up, he touches the waters. And as he touches the waters, because he's obviously trying to get back across to the other side of the Jordan, as he touches the water, he says, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? which I suppose for all of us as we start ministry, as we start any service for God, as we seek to follow him in our lives every day, every morning we get up, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And as he touches the waters, as he utters those words, the waters open up. God splits the waters for him to walk through. And the answer to that question is God is right here, right now. And that's the confidence that we have as we move forward from this evening. As you begin your ministry in Carmoney, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? He's right here. The same God and be able to do the, the same amazing things amongst you. He's able to split those waters in order that his plans can be accomplished. But Joshua then needs to be strong in the word which God has given to him in verses 6 to 9. I know, Stuart, that you are a passionate guy. Uh, you feel things very keenly, whether it's about Caroline and your, your family or your sport, even your beloved Liverpool. And mind you, I have played football with him and he, does, he, he plays with passion. He's a bit like myself. He doesn't like to lose. But it is your passion, and it's obvious for following Jesus. 
that comes across so strongly. That we love. As Joshua begins his work, he is passionate about what God has called him to do and his heart and soul are going to go into it. Three times God tells Joshua, be strong and very courageous. I think he's trying to emphasize something to Elijah or to to Joshua. That he's not to be terrified or discouraged. Those are things that we don't need to seek out. Those are things that come to us. The fear and the discouragement. And that's why God says to to Joshua, don't don't let those take over. Be strong. Be courageous. God is telling Joshua that he needs to be clear on what God is asking him to do. he, He needs to set his heart on it. Not to be frightened. Not to be discouraged by upsets along the way. To have a clear vision and not be blown about by every comment. To be able to stand against the tide and have the courage to cover new ground. Whenever things don't go your way or the way you expect, to keep your focus on Christ. Go back to the word that I have spoken to you. As Paul tells Timothy, all scriptures God breathed profitable for teaching, for reproof and for correction, for training in righteousness so the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Do you know, I love the, I love the bit in Jeremiah where actually Jeremiah is talking about discovering or, or studying the word of God and, and he's encouraging us to have that same focus because he says, your words were found and I ate them. Your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart for I am called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. Lord, your words came to me. I ate them. They're my heart's delight. God transforms us through the power of his word by his spirit. Let's give ourselves to it as we find hope in it. We find the message of Jesus Christ which transforms lives. Then also we see that he is to be strong in the fellowship of God's people. We all know the benefit of teamwork and working in team. My grandson, uh, a few years back, he's nine now, but a few years back, he used to say to me, Granda, teamwork makes the dream work. Your beloved Liverpool, it pains me to say this, Stuart, but your beloved Liverpool, they work as a team. And when they do, they are hard to beat. Their anthem You'll never walk alone is such a collective motto. I think that is an amazing motto which covers this passage in the book of Joshua as we see what happens next whenever, God, whenever Joshua has received the call of God and then he goes to the people. Having been called by God, he now delights and delegates to the officers who then speak to the people. Each person is given their task in order to achieve the common goal of entering the promised land. The supplies, the armor, the attitude of the soldiers all have to be in good condition, ready for battle. Delegation and discipline are going to be very important for you in current money. It is a a large and a very busy congregation. And as I've said all along, it's going to be a huge learning curve for you as you come here. You will need to manage your own expectations of yourself and you will need to delegate 
those responsibilities and ensure that you're disciplined in looking after yourself. But I want to encourage you as well. My experience of Carn Money is that there are people here who will love you and encourage you and look after you and make sure that you listen to their voice because they will be encouraging you to make sure that you are disciplined, make sure you're looking after your, your time. In verses 10 to 8, we see the strength of the fellowship of God's people. Certain groups here have already received their land. The fighting men of these groups were to go and fight for their brothers and sisters in the Lord to help them to receive their land too. What an encouragement. God had blessed the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. Now they're going to go and fight for the others who haven't yet received their land so that they can enjoy the blessings of God's inheritance. So that they can rejoice too. And then once they've done that, then they go back to their own people and rejoice and celebrate what God has done. What a message for God's family. God calls us to unite together, to work together, to look out for one another's interests. The fellowship of God's people is to be a place where we support one another, notice each other. It is to be a place of love, of security, and acceptance. That's what we see in these verses. Words, you will notice the words of encouragement that they give to Joshua. There are people who are encouraging him. There are people who are praying for him that God would work in his life in the way that he did with Moses. There are people who are offering words of protection over him. But the people work together. It's all about the kingdom. It's all about serving the Lord. Because you know, for me, the greatest comment on the ministry of Joshua comes in chapter 24 and verse 31. Whenever it says this, Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua. That's what I would love for my ministry, for your ministry, Stuart, for all of us involved in any kind of work serving, serving Jesus. That people would not focus on us, but actually get to know the Lord better. Get to serve him. Get to follow him. This is all about Jesus and his kingdom. Because he is the one who has died to make it possible. He is the one who has given up his life that we might be set free to serve him. Stuart, Caroline, members of Carmoney, including Central. All of us. My prayer is that God will continue to reveal to you how great he is and that you will see an amazing work done in his kingdom in this place. And just as those words went to Joshua, I think they come here this evening. Arise and go to the work that God has called you. He is with you. Be strong and courageous, very courageous. Let's pray. 
Father, we thank you for your word and for the encouragement you give to us in it. We just thank you that you speak to us very clearly by your Holy Spirit. We pray that you would help us as we seek to apply what you've said to us tonight, as we think about how great you are, about what you have done for us in Jesus Christ, that through faith, the way is opened up for us into to living fellowship with you. And as a result of that, we get to serve you. We get to follow you. We get to be part of your kingdom. We get to serve in your kingdom. So we ask that you would use us, as we sung earlier, as we surrender our lives to you. So we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.